go. What's going on, you guys? It's your boy, LCR Naylor Taliaferro. How's it going back at another IBG episode? I, I, I know it's your favorite. I know. You don't, you don't have to try and convince me. I know. I just know. So here we go. <laughs> All kidding aside, I'm just uh, feeling a little extra energetic here, rolling into the holidays, feeling good. You know, there's always, there's always challenges in life, right? But it's all how you see it and how you um, roll with it, right? Are you going to be, are you going to be the, the, the cow or the buffalo, right? Like the, the cow hurdle up in the storm, they huddle up in the storm and they're scared in the corner and they just get pounded by the storm. The buffalo just runs straight through it. Google it. But anyway, I'm, I'm all about being the buffalo as much as I can. Obviously, some days are better than others. I'm human just like anybody else. But I always try to put as much positivity or a positive spin on uh, some difficult circumstances in you know my life and anyone maybe that, I, that I'm interviewing and sharing their story just because I think that's how we can all move forward, right? That's how we can get better together. Um, but at any rate, in this IBG episode, I wanted to just talk about the most profitable word in my business is no. I've talked about this kind of over the last nine, 10 years or so that I've been on social media, basically on YouTube, I've talked about on different YouTube videos over the years. But now with the podcast, I don't believe that I have spoken about this or touched on this. I, I know I've got over 300 episodes now, uh, 300 episodes now. So I, I it might be uh, skipping my memory, but I don't believe I talked about it. And in any case, even if I did, if I don't remember, you might not remember it and you might be just tuning in to the, to the podcast, the LCR Media Podcast for the first time anyway. So thank you. I appreciate you guys listening. My whole backstory is all over YouTube and the early episodes of this podcast, you know, retail management to lawn care and, and uh, social media, LCR Media, um, networking events, content creation, all, all kinds of great entrepreneur stuff, entrepreneurship um, things that, that I really love and enjoy. I kind of felt like that was, that's, that's been me at the core all this time. And it's just kind of been docile for a long time, little flares up here and there over the years when I was in retail management, but nothing ever really stuck until I finally had to press the hard reset button on my life and get out of retail and start something new and fresh. And that was long care. And it's evolved me now to this. So now I'm podcasting in addition to all the other content creation like YouTube, Instagram, and, and all that, creating events for, for the community to get together and network and grow. Um, and over those years in my lawn care business specifically, and, and a lot of times I'm almost trying to convince myself uh, or remind myself, not convince myself, remind myself of some of these ideals or um, you know, uh, best practices maybe that, that I've had over the years in my lawn care business that now I have to transfer not only into my life, lawn care and my life have kind of been, you know, uh, parallel with each other, but into my social media into into my content creation and, and things of that nature. Uh, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a business, you know, like, uh, putting together events, it's a business, you know I mean? I'm not a millionaire by any means, but it, it takes money to put these events on, to network with uh, brand partners. And, and, you know, there, there's, there's cash flow coming from all different angles and there has to be, you know, even nonprofit organizations are still a business. They may not be profitable by design, but they still are a business. They still have employees. They still have all the, they have taxes. They have all the different structures of, of every other, any, any, 
for-profit business. So the biggest mistake of a nonprofit organization is not treating it like a business because it is a business. They're making money to continue to, you know, uh, fuel the organization, right? No, no one's necessarily making, like the, the organization isn't necessarily making money as a business, but it's the people that are volunteering and you know, other things that are going on, the other businesses that you need to utilize most likely, you know, are, are, are wanting to get paid and all that. So anyway, I say all that to say that this is also kind of a, a reminder for myself as well, because you know, I've said to some of my peers, like, I feel like, you know, sometimes we're like relearning things all over again, you know, relearn, not uh, like, you know, we're doing podcasting for the first time and we're relearning like that whole, like, you know, the expenses behind that. And if we're going to monetize that in some way, and, you know, of course it's free for you guys listening, but we have to pay for all these things to actually get these podcasts out. Not, Not only just the equipment, but, you know, the whatever fees and, you know, if you have a, a sound engineer like Mr. Producer or whoever's doing, you know, if you have commercials, voiceover work, intros, outros, all that kind of stuff costs money, whether you're doing it all yourself, but you're maybe paying, you know, some program or something to get the sound and the editing software and all that, you know, somewhere, somehow you're paying something. Podcasting isn't 100% free to produce it. Like a YouTube video, for example, you can record something on your phone and just upload it to YouTube for free. But podcasting doesn't work out that way. So it's like a whole new animal that we, that a lot of us had to learn. And, you know, we kind of network together and help each other, you know, especially the Mr. Producer Network. Mr. Producer has been a great help as well. So it, it, it's like we're, we're relearning on how to, how to say no, right? <laughs> Back to what the point here before I got off onto too many rabbit holes or too deep of a rabbit hole, but we have to kind of learn to say no again also in other aspects of our life and new business ventures and so on. But to keep this for lawn and landscape, because that's what I, that's what I've, I, I, I don't want to say, I almost said mastered, but that's what I've gotten more accustomed to is saying no in my lawn and landscape business, well, specifically lawn care. But for those of you listening, you might have landscape business or lawn care or combination of two. So I want to keep this as relevant as possible for, for you guys and girls out there. But basically, when we first start out, right, we want to say yes. We, we, we feel like we want to say yes, right, to everything. <clears throat> we're, we're always, you know, especially when we're first starting out, we're trying to get our foot in the door. We're trying to get as much cash flow, as, as much revenue, grow our business, get our, you know, get our name out there, all those things, right? You know, we're in business to make money, to support our family, pay our bills, even if we don't have a family yet, we're, we're single. We still have our, our bills to pay, right? We have to feed ourselves. We have, you know, room and board, what, whatever the deal is. Of course, the expenses of the business itself. So, you know, we, we are in it to make money. So we want to do as much as we can. You know, a lot of times in the beginning, we're just kind of throwing everything at the wall. And we don't necessarily know, you know, trying to see what sticks, right? What is that? Throw spaghetti at the wall and, you know, find out what, what, what noodles stick or whatever. But, you know, that that's kind of like, you know, rapid fire. That's what what most people do. But nowadays with, you know, all the content creation out there, YouTube, Instagram, podcast, there's online training programs, there's books, there's a lot of resources out there now, one-on-one coaching, live events, like the LCR summit coming up in January 19th and 20th in Atlanta, Georgia. There's a lot of great resources out there for you guys to, um, grow your business, learn and grow faster, right? 
because of all of the quote unquote failures that most of us have um, gone through in the beginning, unless we stumbled upon these resources or had a mentor, you know, or leaned on our peers and so on. But you know, 10 years ago, there really wasn't a whole lot of that, to be honest. I had stumbled upon this community in its infancy on social media right after I started my business and went full, well, right after I went full-time in business, I was part-time for a year prior to that. But when I decided to go full-time, press the hard reset button in my life, I went all in on researching how to be the best, how to, how to you know, uh, perform all like all the different services, like how, how to go from being a homeowner to a professional contractor, right? Like what, what does that look like? What does that mean? How do I price things? How do I do estimates? What is there a software out there for that? All these different things that, that I tried to think about in the beginning. Um, and, and I stumbled upon all that research. I stumbled upon social media in its infancy and so on, but there wasn't nearly as many resources as there is now, um, is what I'm, what I'm trying to say. But what I quickly started to learn in the early years was I couldn't do everything, right? I mean, I was like everybody else, probably all of you trying trying everything, trying to do all kinds of stuff to see what worked. For me, it was really trying to find out what areas I wanted to work in, what services that I wanted to offer from a profitability standpoint, from a, an enjoyment standpoint, right? Like uh, uh, minimize my stress. You know, I got out of retail management to reduce my stress, if not eliminate it. But of course, there's always going to be some qu- kind of stress in your life. Not all stress is bad, right? You go to the gym, you stre- you you put stress on your muscles so that they grow and get bigger and stronger. That's, that's right. Of course, you put too much stress and you can injure yourself. So there's good stress, bad stress. There's too much stress, all that. But I, um, I, I quickly learned those things, you know, like what service, what, what areas I wanted to work in and what type of clients I wanted and what equipment that I needed as well. Um, which, you know, helped me or what services I wanted to offer, which then helped me figure out what equipment and, you know, I really customized everything to all of that. And when I stumbled upon like route density without even knowing that's what it was called, which a lot of people know, you know, know me from, you know, they hear a lot about me talking about route density or people have heard that I'm all about route density or whatever. Um, I, I trying to get my time back from, you know, it being gone, I guess, being taken away in retail management that made me really focus on time management or just trying to get my time back in, in, uh, in my lawn care business. And I couldn't be driving. I realized I couldn't be driving all over town, you know, for a couple of lawns here and there just to cut some grass versus like a, a bigger project that's thousands of dollars and takes a couple of days or something that that's more understandable to, to travel a little bit, but just to cut someone's yard every week, it's really not profitable to be driving all over town. And I realized I could only do so many lawns in a day by myself because that, that I was I was wasting so much time or spending so much time driving around that, you know, if I had sh- if I could shrink that area and get more yards in a closer proximity together, like in the same neighborhood, literally on the same street as well, then I could get more done, right? Because you're only, if they're right next to each other on the same street, a couple houses down from each other, you can unload once and just walk or ride your mower over to the next house, a couple houses down or right next door or whatever. And so you're only unloading and loading once or twice. So you're minimizing that down, that time as well as the driving back and forth and all over town. Even if you just have to drive up around the corner, you know, four or five minutes, that versus 15, 20 minutes to the other side of town or halfway, you know, to the other side of town, that, that, that makes a big difference. That all adds up accumulatively to 30 minutes to an hour. That's one or two more extra yards. If you're solo, a lot more, if you have a crew. So there's, there's, you know, I figured that stuff out really quickly 
And because of all that, I had to start to embrace the word no, because of course I want to say yes all the time, because like, like I said a few minutes ago, we all are just trying to get work. We're trying to do what we got to do, but quickly you have to find out those, you have to answer those questions, you know, that, that I said earlier about, you know, what service area do you want to be in type of clients, type of services you want to offer. And then you can really start to, you know, come up with the right setup and equipment for all that and, and, and really hone that in and market to that, to, to those areas with those services and so on. Everything kind of starts falling in place once you answer those initial questions. And then it's easier for you to start saying no, because then when people would ask me for quotes from the other side of town, I would say, no, I'm sorry, you're out of my service area. And then as time went on and I got to know other, other, uh, um, you know, quote unquote competitors or other peers, you know, other lawn and landscape companies in the area that had a different service area. Like we had like an overlap in some, in some areas and they had their outer, you know, outer area that was outside of my service area and vice versa, I would recommend them. Like, so then instead of in the beginning, I was just saying, no, I'm sorry, you're out of my service area. I would then follow that up with, but I can refer you to blank. I can refer you to someone who does or, you know, whatever I can refer you to this company and so on. So that's kind of like the, the evolution of saying no is saying no. And then following that up with a yes, right. For potentially, you know, yes, I have a referral for someone else that might be able to help you and so on. So as far as a route density standpoint, that made it easier for me to say no, because I was staying firm to where I wanted to work. And and, and it definitely takes patience and time and discipline to say no, right? It, it, it's, it's, it's hard because you feel like you're turning down all this work that you don't, uh, that, that you could potentially be getting, but you have to constantly remind yourself of the profits that you're losing by driving all over the place and the profits that you would be increasing by saying no and sticking, you know, keeping your schedule open for, you know, the area you're in. I'll use this example real quick that I have used in the past before, I think even on the podcast talking about route density that, you know, there's plenty of times where I've tried to venture into new neighborhoods just because at some point I feel like you start to saturate a particular homeowner association, HOA, you know, neighborhood and, you know, maybe, Maybe it's time to, you know, if you're getting a lot of calls from a particular, uh, another neighborhood or area of town that isn't too far away, potentially, you know, maybe it's worth looking into. So I've kind of ventured into some other, other uh, neighborhoods that, that are maybe 10, 15 minutes further down the road and, and see how that goes and, and, and do my best work at that property and try to market, you know, all around the area and, and, and see what happens. And a whole year goes by and I get nothing. I get nothing but that one customer. And it's like, man, that's, this is a bummer. Like, you know, I, I can't afford to keep doing this. I can't afford to keep coming out here for this one customer because if it takes 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes to get back, that's 30 minutes round trip. That 30 minutes round trip could have been um, another yard closer by. Um, so that means I could have actually probably squeezed in two yards because if it's 30 minutes round trip and then 30 minutes for me to take care of that lawn all on its own, that's for one yard. But if I pick up another yard in a neighborhood that I'm already in, a 30 minute yard, now that's an hour, right? I just added another 30 minutes, that is but I can get actually two if you, you know, right. So if each yard is taking me, if it's the same, basically the same yard that's taking me 30 minutes, instead of driving 30 minutes round trip to get to that 30 minute yard. Now that's an hour total, one man hour. If I were to, if I say no to that opportunity and keep a spot open, keep that hour available, 
Now I can get pick up two yards in a neighborhood I'm already in 30 minutes each, right? Of course, there's a few minutes, you know, of uh, extra of loading, unloading potentially. But if you're already in that neighborhood, and especially if you don't have to drive, you just maybe adding on one or two. Like, like if you don't have that extra hour and then two people ask you right on the same street, across the street, same cul-de-sac, whatever the deal is, you know, they, they ask you, hey, can you give us a quote? And now you don't have that hour. Now it's going to be dark by the time you're done. So you don't have that hour because now you're spending an hour for one yard, you know, 15 minutes away. You think, oh, it's only 15 minutes, but it's 30 minutes round trip plus the 30 minutes it takes you by yourself to get the yard done on average, depending on the size, obviously, and whatever. That's an, that's an hour. There, there's, there's no way to change that fact. That's an hour, one man hour. So by saying no to that opens up a yes, two yeses potentially in a neighborhood that you're already in. Because now that's two 30-minute yards in that same hour because you're not driving 15, uh, you're not driving 30 minutes round trip. You're not driving at all in some cases. You might literally just stay on your mower and just move on to the next yard. Or you load up and drive two, three minutes down the road or around the corner or whatever the deal is to the next house or those two houses in that neighborhood. So, I mean, technically that might be an hour and five minutes, an hour and 10 minutes, but you get my point. You're still saving a ton of time and making twice as much and, and using less gas and unbillable, non-billable time that's sitting in the truck driving you and any employees or whatever. You just got to think about all those things. So this stuff starts to really add up and accumulate. So the more you say no, the more profitable you can actually become. The more you say no, the more yeses you can say to the right people. So the I've said this before in the past for sure. The more no's you say to the wrong jobs, open up the doors to say yes for the right jobs. So it's definitely difficult and it's something that I, I honestly have to deal with like every single um every single season. I'm 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 always dealing with this because for whatever reason you know, Susie's mom or, or, you know, grandma or a a friend or neighbor, whatever it is, there's there's always some, some random story that always gets me saying, Hey, you know what? Why not? Like, you know, maybe I'll grow in this neighborhood or I'll just help this person out. It's not too far away there, you know, whatever, like there's just always something every, every year there's always something or a service that I don't want to offer or that I stopped offering that someone, you know, is practically begging me to still offer or something like that. Like, it's just one of those things that it's always, it's always something that, that I have to constantly stay on top of and have the discipline for is to say no, because it is going to make me more profitable. The, the more that I can say no, the more profitable I become and have become. The, the more profitable I became and will continue to become. So that's kind of like, you know, my my little examples and, and you know, my little bit stories in a nutshell. Um, I, I I could go on and on and on forever, probably like, like most of my IBG episodes, but that pretty much kind of, you know, put, gets it all there in, in, in a nutshell. So just to recap, whether it's a service that you offer or a service that you don't offer anymore that you um, are being asked for or a service you don't offer at all that you're being asked for um, or a service area, you know, someone wants you to take care of them outside your service area, um, pricing, you know, people want to like haggle you, wheel and deal you, 
or just different, different, different types of things like, like how to pay, like, Hey, can I just leave the check in the mail? Hey, can, can I just Venmo you? Like, no, it's, it's, if it's this, it's this, if it's credit card on file, like me, then that's, that's it. That's all it is. Like, there's no other, no other, no other, uh, scenario. Like my most recent quote was like the perfect scenario of like 10 years in the making, right. Where somebody, somebody referred me from somebody else, right. It actually ended up being through social media, like, you know, like we're all lawn care guys. We all have lawn care businesses. So even though we're on social media, we still have lawn care businesses as well. So there's still that same inner loop and connection, which is cool of referrals. So, you know, this customer um, asked, uh, reached out to somebody in a different area because they had another property, I guess. So they reached out to a different uh, person in a different area. That person said, you're not my service area, but I know someone else that, you know, maybe uh, will be able to help you. And for some reason, that person, they recommended somebody that was even further away. Um, and so, and then, but then that person is the one that referred me. Toro's new Revolution Series lineup provides you with a smarter, more connected fleet that makes your operation more efficient than ever before. It's the products you already know and love, just supercharged with Toro's Hypercell battery system. Learn all about Toro's new Revolution Series line at revolution.toro.com or click the link tree in the episode description to get you there fast. Are you feeling stuck in the slow lane of business growth? Wondering how to assemble a dream team that propels your business forward? Or perhaps putting in the hustle but not seeing the financial results that you crave? We get it. But guess what? We've got the game-changing event you've been waiting for. Get ready for the LCR Summit, your ultimate experience to get answers and take action. Join industry titans Keith Kalfas, John Pajak, Marvin Salcedo, Paul Jameson, Mr. Producer, and Jeremy Vest in dynamic workshops on marketing, team building, and company culture. Budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines, podcasting, and YouTube content creation designed to kick your business into high gear picture this two days of hands-on interactive sessions in the heart of atlanta georgia at the creators clubhouse on january 19th and 20th limited seats ensure an engaging experience so you're not just attending you're participating collaborating and transforming oh and did we mention a special bonus brace yourselves for jonathan potoshnik the lawn care millionaire delivering a keynote that's worth the price of admission alone LCR Summit event host Naylor Taliaferro says, I wish this event existed when I started my business. It's a unique opportunity to connect with industry leaders and invest in the future growth of your business. Click the link in the episode description or head straight to lcrsummit.com to snag your seat before they sell out. And by the way, tickets are fully refundable because, hey, we get it. Business emergencies happen. And when there's snow, you got to go. So invest in your future worry-free. Here's to the clear skies and bright future of your business. We'll see you January 19th through the 20th at the LCR Summit, lcrsummit.com. That person was like, hey, you know what? This guy only takes care of your area, so he'll be perfect for you. His route density, he's all about that route density or whatever. I'm sure they didn't say that, but they just said, you know, he, he's got a lot of properties in your area. So that's how they contacted me. And so I came, I was referred by another company. I was like, wow. So, you know, we went through the whole quick conversation to figure out who it was. And I was like, wow, that's cool. You know, and in, in, in my head, I'm like, that's, you know, one of the guys on social media that I, that I know, um, in, in, in the greater Richmond area. And, and I know the first guy too, that, that referred the other guy that then referred me. So I'm like, wow, that's really cool. All three of us kind of inadvertently know each other through social media and have kind of met, you know, a few times here and there. And, 
you know, we're referring each other. I would have done the same thing. Like if someone contacted me from their area, I would have referred them to, to these people. Like, like, no, I don't service that area, but you might want to contact these folks or this person because, um, I believe they do and so on. So anyway, so there was that, right. That worked out perfectly. So in my area, in the same neighborhoods that I'm already, uh, is actually across the street, like, you know, like literally it's a different HOA, but uh, across the street. So I, I, you could literally just walk to the HOA. And in his case, you know, it was like two minutes down to drive down the street. There he was, boom. Anyway, so it's still right there in my service area, 100%. I just don't have any yards on his street or technically in that section of his, of his neighborhood. It's technically a different neighborhood, but we could potentially grow, right? So I went there and he told me that we got all that hashed out. And then he's showing me everything that he wants. He's telling me all the issues that he had with his previous um, lawn care provider, which is another tale for another day. But ultimately the, 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 uh, the name of the, the name of the company perceived the fact that they were, um, affordable and, um, you know, like low prices, whatever, without giving away too much information or, or, you know, slandering anybody. Um, they, the, so this customer said, you know, well, I guess I got what I paid for, right? You know, because they, you know, they, they had affordable prices. So, I mean, I guess that's what I get because I wasn't happy with the quality of their service. They were super fast. They were in and out. There was no attention to detail. They missed stuff a lot. You know, I, I just didn't really feel comfortable having them, you know, on my property. It's not a big property at all. It is very easy, but I still expect, you know, the, the attention to detail and, and quality and, you know, not blown in and blown out and forgetting this and that. And sometimes they would skip a week of mowing for various reasons. And then they also like treated their yard as well. And, you know, they had a ton of weeds in a particular spot and they'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. Oh yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of it. And they just like never took care of it. And, you know, all, just, just, just random stuff that is, is unfortunately typical. You know, it's something that could happen to all of us if we get behind or short staffed or we just took on too much more than we can handle. Or we don't even know what we're doing necessarily as well, or just people that are just bad business. Like they just shouldn't even maybe be in business. And for some reason they think this is it for them and, and they're just not doing the best job, but all those different things. That's why he was looking for somebody else. Like I said, refer to me. Um, you know, we, we talked about everything that he wanted. We were, he was asking me questions. I was asking him questions. He asked, how does the billing work? Is it like month to month? Is it 12 months? I said, nope, it's 12 months. You know, we, uh, he's like, do you itemize everything? So I know what I'm actually paying for. And then I can just pay that, you know, the, the, the flat monthly, um, you know, uh, amount, but at least I know what, it, what it's for. And I, I said, absolutely. So, you know, I, I broke it all down. Like he was asking me the right questions and I was giving him my answers. Like, this is how it is. You know, we, now we do 12 month billing. We used to do month to month, but now I do 12 month billing. So we itemize all the things that you want to quote for you, you know, the totals all, all on the bottom. So you check or uncheck whatever that, whatever you want. And then that total, whatever that total is, we divide that by 12 months and that's your monthly bill that you pay every month for all those services to be performed throughout the year as stated on the itemized list. Like, oh, we do this this time of year. We do that. You know, we treat your yard X amount of times. This, you know, pre-emergent, fertilize, you know, we all, all the different things. Um, it's all just broken down. And then we, and then we add it all up and divide it by 12. And then we have, and then, then he's like, oh, that's great. And how do you, how do you uh, take payments? You know, do you do Venmo or this or, or whatever random things like that? He was saying, it's like, no, we have a credit card on file. 
and we charge a card every month. And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's cool too. I'm, I'm fine with that. Well, thing for me to worry about. But, you know, if you want to use something I had never heard of, honestly, it wasn't Venmo. So I'm giving them all this <laughs> non-sponsored, you know, hashtag not sponsored. But, you know, like it, it wasn't one of those things that I've, I've ever heard of, like the more common ones. There's something new, I guess, that I, I and, and he's like, oh yeah, you should use blank. Um, because there's no fees, you know, uh, you have all these credit card fees. What is it like blankety blank percent or this and that? And I was like, yeah. And you know, I was like, thanks. I appreciate it. But you know, that's just a cost of business. That means that I get paid immediately. I don't have to wait for the check in the mail and deposit and go through all this stuff. I just know that every month I'm charging cards and within 48 hours, bang, the, the money's in my, in my account. So I have that cash flow that I can pay employees, you know, my, my, uh, all, all of my expenses for my business, all that stuff. And obviously pay myself for my personal expenses, so on and so forth. So that's just the, the road that we go. And, you know, I appreciate the the offer, but, you know, I don't want to convert everyone to that because not everyone is going to necessarily use that particular app that you're talking to, talking about. And, 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 I, and I, I just don't want to go through the headache of having all these different people with all these different payment types of payment. I just want one streamlined thing for everybody. Everyone's on a 12 month, you know, uh, um, you know, billing agreement, everyone pays, you know, has a credit card on file. Like it's all like the same kind of structured, systematic, um, way of doing things that I've been doing for many years because one, I, like I said, I want to reduce my stress levels. That's the whole point of doing this, which of course is always going to be stress. Like I said, also earlier, but at the end of the day, um, it's, it, it's all about what, how you structure things, what you let, you know, what you say yes to and what you say no to, right? It's all about you. You, the buck stops with you. You're the owner, you know, whatever, whatever it is. If you, if you tolerate, you know, issues with your employees, if you tolerate, you know, issues with your customer, whatever, like all these things, if you tolerate it, then that's you saying yes, not no. So that's just another example, actually, side, side tangent there of, of, of how to say no to you know, the way things are done in your business, say no, if you, if, if it's, if you're not happy with it, if it's not what you want, if it's not making you efficient and profitable, if it's creating more stress, then say no to that and, and fix it. So anyway, I, I've kind of structured a lot of these things in my business like that so that I can minimize my stress, increase my profit and enjoy my life in my business. Like I said, nothing's perfect. Obviously it's always a work in progress. I'm still saying yes to things. Unfortunately that I don't want to say yes to, but I say no more times than I say yes. And that's, what's important. And, and I, and I always learn from the, from the yeses that I should have said, no, I always learn and I move on. If I can quickly pivot, maybe, you know, if I have to get rid of a customer or something, you know, quickly, I can hand them off to the right person in the right area or the right service or whatever the deal is. Or if they're just like a a PETA customer that I had no idea, you know, pain in the, you know, what customer, then sometimes you don't know that until you start doing work for them. Cause a lot of times I don't even speak to these people. Like they call maybe over the phone, but a lot of times people email and then you just go that way. I mean, people will contact you on your website, things like that. And you just give them a quote and they sign up, put their card on file. You get them all ready to go and on the schedule and you just start doing work for them. And a lot of times you can go weeks before they just happen to be home or something or coming or going while you're there. And they're like, Hey, are you so-and-so? It's good to meet you. I'm blank. You know, I'm so-and-so. And and you finally have the introduction. But when it comes to like lawn care, I, I traditionally don't go to someone's house and have an, you know, a, 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 like, you know, an official walkthrough to give them an estimate, all that, that, that honestly, that's more, 
money wasted in my opinion. That's more time, more expenses that I don't need to acquire just for something I can look up on a satellite on my service autopilot, the CRM I use and a lot of other CRMs and apps and all types of stuff that you can use to just put in an address and see someone's yard and you can measure it out and know exactly how much square footage so you can know how much to charge to treat their yard and to mow their yard, you know, and I just have that all um, already figured out all the formulas, the rate matrix as service autopilot calls it, that's all in there. So all I have to do is measure properties and then put it in and it tells me exactly how much I should charge to mow their lawn and or treat their lawn based off of all the things that we set up initially. So there's really no point in going out there, you know, and, and you can, you know, I have like that, that flexibility in my, my pricing is a little bit higher um, for this as well as in the estimate, it says, this is just an estimate. If, if, you know, something is different when we actually get, start doing the property that takes us longer than we expected, then we're going to have to adjust the price. Um, but I also try to account for that, my pricing right out the bat as well. Cause like, say you show up and cause you know, sometimes the satellite images might not be always accurate, right? Like, uh, they're not up to date by the, by the minute, every second or anything like that. So sometimes people might've installed a pool or they have a trampoline or not, you know, and, and, uh, a swing set and all these obstructions in their backyard, or they put up a fence with a tiny gate, you know, none of that stuff maybe was on there. Maybe all of those things. One time I showed up to a property, <laughs> I literally went to a property that was brand new. So I had to go there. That's the only time that I actually go to a property. And I, and if the customer's there, I'll talk to them. Obviously I'll let them know that I'm there walking a property and we have that meeting. And I'm sure that increases the chances of me getting the, the, the job. But at the end of the day, people just want you to cut their grass. It's not like you're installing a patio or something where they really, need to even know you exist. Like they just want a good price, you know, and know that you're going to show up. And I mean, like there's so many things to, to be professional, to already win the job before you even, you know, uh, connect with that person. Like, you know, they, they, they most likely heard about, like, unless you're just starting out, they most likely heard about you somewhere, saw you somewhere, all the above were referred uh, to them by someone, you know, like I said, are all the above. So they're already kind of like eager to just be like, all right, yeah, let's just, just, it's kind of like a formality. Just, just give me a price, you know, give me a quote so that we can make it official. And, and unless you have some crazy astronomical prices or something, you know, then it, it it's most likely they're going to say yes, you know? So it's really kind of in a lot of situations when it comes to lawn care, lawn maintenance, mowing, fertilizing, all that, you know, it's kind of like yours to lose, really. You know, you just got to show up. You don't even have to show up, but if you show up, just be professional and all that. So that's just probably one extra added bonus. But even even that, people have haggled me with price and and said, oh, you come highly recommended. Thank you for coming out and, and taking a look at the property with us. But can you um, lower your price five bucks? We got a quote by somebody else that are, they're offering to cut our lawn for five bucks less per week. And I'm like, no, <laughs> that's what I said. Like, no, there you go. I should have said, I should set that up. Like, well, what do you think I said? No, like that's sorry. Like you just said all these things, why you should be saying yes and not haggling me with prices, but yet you are still haggling me over five bucks, 20 bucks a month. Really? I know that adds up to a, what a couple hundred bucks or something a year, but like if I came highly recommended then whatever, you know, like best of luck with the other people then hopefully they do a good job. It's unfortunate that they're leaving five bucks per cut on the table that, that bothers me. Hopefully they're not doing it on purpose. Most likely people just don't know. They, they just don't know. Cause I talk to a lot of people whenever I can and I'm like, Hey, you know, I'm charging a hundred bucks a yard for mulch installed, you know, like 
I mean, like, and, and we're not doing all these things. We're not cleaning out the bed or anything. That's a whole separate thing. Just to come, you know, we'll redefine the beds real quick, unless it's something extensive, that's an extra thing. But if it's a, a, a yard that we're already maintaining every week, you know, we're edging the, those mulch beds and keeping them clean all the time while we're there. So it's really just a quick touch up with the bed redefiner that we use. We just zip through that real quick and then we put the mulch down or we just zip through them all one, one, you know, one week to get them all ready. And then we come back and do all the mulch, um, anything above and beyond that's extra. So a hundred bucks, you know, like that's like the average that includes the price of the mulch. And of course that's going to be different no matter where, you know, where you are and where you're getting it from and contract pricing, all that. But I'm just saying like a lot of the people in my area were only charging like 80 bucks and I'm like, dang, or 85 bucks. I'm like, I'm getting a hundred. You know, of course some people say no, it's usually the people that don't know me and they're just looking for the cheapest person. But all of my regular clients say yes, without, without a blink. They don't even ask for a price. They're just sign us up, you know, like 20 yards, sign us up, you know, 2000 bucks later, bang, you know, like it, it's labor intensive stuff. So you got to, you got to, you got to, you know, get paid for it. But my whole point was that, you know, I try to educate people as much as possible, you know, like, Hey, you you should be charging more for this and so on, because it's it's only going to, it's going to help everybody. Right. You know, if, if there's somebody out there mowing lawns for cheaper and they don't under, they don't know, uh, you know, everyone's going to keep going to them and, you know, the rest of us aren't going to get any work and it shouldn't be about, you know, you're, you're leaving money on the table and we're not getting an opportunity to make money. It should be about the quality of work, customer service, all the things that matter, not, you know, who's the cheapest, because again, a lot of times you get what you pay for. But anyway, back to what I was trying to say and wrap up this, this, uh, this episode, there was, uh, there, there was a time where I did have to go out to the property because it was brand new. So there was nothing on the map on, on the satellite except for dirt. And they had nothing there. Like, I mean, they had just, just put sod down everything and he's all casual about like, yeah, that, you know, it's not, not much. Yeah. Just let me know. I'm like, all right, cool. And then when I, you know, I send him the quote and he accepts it and however many weeks later, cause this was actually before the, before the mowing season had even started. And, and in addition to that, we needed the sod to be able to take and grow and all that. So like actually like, you know, several weeks into the growing season, he's like, yeah, I, I, I think we're good now. You can come mow it or whatever, or maybe, I, yeah, no, cause I, I hadn't, I hadn't set, been there yet. So I, I show up to mow the lawn. Of course, it's super tall and thick because we waited too long. Like I, I, sh- I should have checked it on my own and not waited for him. But it was a new neighborhood. Again, another example. I was trying to, you know, trying to 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 do what what I uh, try to get introduce myself into a new neighborhood that that didn't take off because you know I, I just had to um, I, I just had to take a chance, I guess, right? But um, and 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 then and then pivot out of that, but um. At any rate, I show up, like I said, it was super overgrown and tall and thick. And then in addition to that, there was a fence, there was a trampoline, there was staked in soccer goals, and there was um, privacy, quote unquote, privacy trees, right? Like, you know, evergreen trees. I don't remember the name of them specifically all the way along the inside of his fence, like lining the inside of the fence, not even the outside where he could just get away with like whatever, you know, a little bit of trimming here and there occasionally. Nope. On the inside all along, like only spaced out far enough that you, you couldn't even get a push mower in between and around. You had to trim around every single one. All, I mean, if I had to guess, it was probably like 20 to 30 trees or something. You had to trim all in between all each and every one, all up along the fence, all the way around all three sides of the fence, right? The house was, was the fourth side. 
I'm like, are you kidding me? So the amount of like, so I could get the big mower that I, the walk behind mower that I had, it was 48 inch. I was, was able to get it through the gate fortunately, but I could only mow like a, a few sections that were big enough to even get the mower in and around the, the whole, the whole majority, or at least 50% of the property had so many obstacles that I had to do all this trimming. So I, I just got rid of him like almost immediately. Like I did, I did the first cut and I was like, wow, this is terrible. And I was like, well, maybe it won't be as bad after this first cut. I can just zip through it. But probably week after week is probably one or two more weeks. I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this. This, this is not happening. And I just, you know, I actually know what it was, was I actually, I raised his price. I didn't just quit him because I was, I was thinking, well, maybe I can get more yards in this new neighborhood with new houses. I raised his price. I said, Hey, I'm sorry. But you know, like, like I said, this was an estimate, you know, I, I, none of this stuff was here. You didn't tell me you were going to have any of this stuff when I gave you the quote. It's taken me twice as long to um, do all this. Well, I'm not going to double your price, but I am going to increase it by whatever it was. Maybe it was like 20% or something. So, you know, 10, maybe 10 bucks or something and 10, 15 bucks. And he like freaked out and was like, yeah, we're going to have to go another direction or something. <laughs> like whatever. Either way, it's a, you know, it, it's a win-win because I didn't have to deal with it anymore. I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't going to be profitable. That's for sure. And so anyway, that's, that's, that's another example of when it, where I should have said no, but I didn't know better. I didn't, you know, it, he kind of fooled me, bamboozled me, right? You know, it, it is what it is. So, but anyway, I don't remember ultimately where I was going with that, but I know I was talking about, you know, looking up stuff on the, on the, um, hold on, let me retrace my steps here. Uh, I don't know. I, I ultimately don't remember the loop that I'm probably leaving open. I didn't close, but I do remember that I was saying, I was telling that story of my most recent, um, estimate that I was doing, you know, walk through with, with, with a, a customer. And, you know, I put all those systems in place. He was cool with it. He was all about it. And, you know, we, we you know, we, we moved on. Right. But that's just an example of me saying no to a lot of things. Like he, you know, he wasn't necessarily trying, he wasn't like, Oh, you should, uh, you know, I, I only do this or you should do that. He was, you know, suggesting to different form of payment to save me money on, 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 you know, um, fees and all that. And I, I said, I appreciate that. But to me, it was, I wanted to streamline things. So it was more, for me, it was more beneficial to have, you know, a, a, everybody, you know, have a card on file and just have that one streamlined thing. Like I said, all the, all the stuff previous versus having all these random different forms of payment and having to chase money and all that stuff like that. I don't, I'm trying to reduce my stress. Right. So that's, so that's why I have all this stuff structured and saying no is a big part in that. Like in, you have to continue to say no when you need to say no to be able to have the, this kind of these systems in place and, and the, the integrity of your business. So just a lot of different examples of, of, of saying no in my business and how it can potentially help you. Hopefully you got value from that. I was trying to keep this episode as short and sweet as possible. I still think it's ended up being one of my shorter IBG episodes. I did go on some more, um, some more rabbit holes there that were pretty relevant. I still think, um, about some good examples of some issues that I had or some things that I've dealt with that, you know, just keeping it real and how saying no is, or not saying no, you know, saying yes, uh, you know, can to, to the wrong thing can, can hurt you, but you know, you can pivot out of it. I think that's maybe the loop I, I didn't close or left open was talking about, you know, um, pivoting out of those situations, you know, like as quickly as you can, you know, if, if you get into a scenario, sometimes you don't always know, oh, that's, yeah, I was saying PETA customers. That's what it was. Like if you get a PETA customer, sometimes you don't know, you know, you get mowing in there and all of a sudden it's a big mess and you got to 
you know, pivot out of that, move them. You know, I don't even, I don't even refer those people to anyone. I, I'm cause they're just going to be a PETA for, for other people. So I'm like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I don't have anyone else that I can refer you to or whatever. And, and they, they just kind of fend for themselves. I know that kind of stinks, but unfortunately when people are not nice and they treat you like garbage, unfortunately they have to kind of deal with cleaning up the mess that they make all the time. And, and, you know, I'm not going to be the one helping them. Like I'm the one trying to clean myself up, you know, and pick myself back up off the floor and try to move forward in a positive frame of mind and, and, and keep looking for the right customers that I can say yes to and all that stuff. But anyway, I think I'm going to end it there. I'm going to wrap this episode up. Um, the power of saying no, being profitable by saying no, the most profitable word of my business is saying no. And um, I just wanted to share that with you guys. I haven't talked about this in a little bit. So Going into the holidays, I hope you guys are having a good, safe holidays, uh, holiday season, enjoying it with your friends, family. Um, and I will see you guys on the next episode. As always, I thank you for listening. And I thank you to the Toro Company for once again sponsoring the LCR Media Podcast. Until the next time, this is the Lawn Care Rookie signing off. This has been an LCR Media and Mr. Producer production.